0: This week on Scuttlebutt, good news for Keanu Reeves and Manoa Ryder,
1: it's bad news for paragliders,
0: bad news for New York hot dog vendors,
1: and good news for Judy Garland fans. Let's
0: go! Yeah! Hello friends, welcome to Scuttlebutt, the podcast with good news and bad news. I'm Joe. I'm how are you doing, Rosie? I'm
1: good. We've had a busy time. We've
0: yeah, had a busy time. We've uh, we just had a new jingle.
1: I know. Very,
0: very exciting. Uh, much better than the one that I made by just mashing keys on garage Band <laughs> until it sounded okay.
1: Well, I think I feel like with i started smashing on garage band and then i remember seeing you visibly get more and more irritated and i was
0: going
1: <laughs> er, er, is this all work?" Er, er. and you're like yeah no just uh, give it to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then i got frustrated just smashing garage band until, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was made by sam chaplin who is disgustingly talented and can actually play instruments properly yeah. so thank you very much sam that's really really cool
1: i know it's so cool thank you very much and he's got a lovely podcast Yes, um, yes.
0: Check out Cinema's World podcast.
1: Mm-hmm, it's very good, very funny. Lots of film chat.
0: Yeah, and also has a nice jingle.
1: It has a lovely jingle. I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, "Oh
0: damn!" Oh, was such a good oh, jingle.
1: Damn, it's a good jingle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, busy times for us. That's why we've kind of been a little bit quiet of yeah. late. Um, I cut my hair. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the busiest thing that's happened. No, I when I mean cut my hair, I mean I cut my own hair. But
0: you cut. You sat down with some scissors in front of the mirror. And had had at it.
1: Yeah, well and I've realised since then there is no way of telling anyone that you've cut your own hair without anyone's looking mildly concerned.
0: <laughs> or just staring at you. <laughs> just being like Is everything okay? I, is everything okay at home?
1: You, you <laughs> Yeah, especially 'cause like I have the money to get my hair cut. I'm doing alright. <laughs> I'm doing okay. And there was definitely like a sense of like why though? But I just I knew what I wanted and I got it and I gave it to myself because I'm an empowered woman and I'm not going through a breakdown as many of my co-workers still think I am because it was a long week it was a long um a long weekend and we played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time Yeah we had
0: a fantastic time playing Dungeons and Dragons
1: which was amazing and then I cut my own hair but those two things in conjunction with each other sound like a breakdown <laughs> <laughs> like on on Monday morning I to
0: be a gnome and I cut my own hair <laughs>
1: Yeah I was Joan the gnome and I cut my own hair and that's what I did with my bank holiday How are you June <laughs> No one's called June in my office. <laughs> just got judgy June.
0: If there was someone called June in your office, I bet they'd be really judgy. Yeah.
1: They'd just be like, oh, God. Uh. I can,
0: I can emphasise as well, because I usually put off cutting my hair till the last possible moment. Because mm. I've had a good run of haircuts recently, but I've always got the fear that I'll sit down, ask for what I want, and then the barb will go rogue and <laughs> and, and give me some kind of crazy uh, undercut with his initials written on it or something.
1: Well, like they go faster stripes like, down yeah. the side of the hair. I remember.
0: I could. I can never guarantee that he did not. That the barber did not uh, interpret my instructions as a go faster strike.
1: Yeah, or like your favorite football team on the back of your head, yeah. which I felt like when I was about ten seemed to be all the rage with hmm. um, my male. I was going to say co-employees. But that's not,
0: that's not <laughs> at you. the schools. Yeah. <laughs> good day. Good day.
1: Good day. Hello. I see. Oh, you support Manchester? I approve. Thank you. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, we've done more than that. We went to the Fringe. That was. A, yeah, went, to went to
0: Edinburgh, had a lovely time.
1: Yeah, went to Glasgow. Very rainy. Yeah, went to Glasgow as well. That was very rainy and lovely and nice. Saw some organ playing. It was great. We've had, been, yeah. it's been a good time.
0: We've been very, very busy. Yeah. And now we're in, Um. now it's sort of between summer and autumn and it's that weather where... Nothing is correct. <laughs> like it's, it's impossible to choose which clothes you want and it will always be wrong.
1: Are you trying to bring up the fact that I haven't been able to regulate my own <laughs> body temperature for the last two days and I haven't shut up about it? I have been like permanently clammy and sweaty for the last two days and I like it's got to a point where I'm like I don't know how to like cool my body temperature and I'm worried that I might have like some kind of terrible disease.
0: I'm starting to worry that you might spontaneously combust at any moment, <laughs> just burst into flames. I'm just
1: like oh god. Well, because today like I walk into the coffee shop and so many people were wearing like massive coats and jumpers I'm in a pair of tiny shorts and like a t-shirt and I am still sweating and then I sat in the garden I had to go full like white trailer trash and take off my top and just sit in my (laughs) denim shorts and my my bra while researching for this lovely show (laughs) I was just like I don't care I'm just so hot I can't seem to like yeah, just a per- permanent clammy, clammy woman. It is
0: that. It is. It is partly down to the weather. It is the worst weather, and this is what the weather's going to be like all the time after Brexit. So, people's vote now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How good, where are you where are your uh, where are your sources? I've got about? charts. I'll show you my charts. <laughs> You're gonna put it on a bus.
0: Yeah, put it on the bus.
1: Put it on a bus. You'll be clammy for the rest of time, <laughs> which actually would be my idea of hell. I mean, I'm just a, being
0: clammy all the time. I mean, I'm always just being a, a bit, just being a bit too warm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always had clammy hands ever since I was a kid, and that's why it makes people a bit self-conscious holding people's hands. <laughs>
0: holding you holding people's hands. I, don't I mean, know. That, you should be. Yes, you should feel self-conscious when you're <laughs> just holding random people's hands. What
1: if Holding other people's hands was like a bigger deal. Like I felt like that happened like on a maybe daily basis. Did it? I don't know. Like you. What age? In uh like seven or eight. You're like you know you're in a you're doing ring of roses
0: <laughs> ring <laughs> with of, your colleagues.
1: Yeah, ring ring of roses with the colleagues. Another day at the office. Yeah, another day, another day at the St- Stockland Primary School, and uh yeah, I just felt like holding hands was more of a thing. And I think I felt like I had more than one occasion being like, oh, your hands are clammy. Ugh.
0: Oh man, that, that stays with you if it's at a formative age, being <laughs> yeah. told you have clammy hands. just
1: like, I don't know how to fix it, but from just like, maybe I just need to carry around like climbers chalk with me at all times, so I have like permanently such... Sunny- just chalk
0: it like a sumo wrestler. Yeah, all the time. So before we get into it, mm-hmm. uh, for new listeners, this is uh, Scuttlebutt, the format of the show is that we, me and Rosie, have got good news and bad news for each other. Yes. And we're going to start and finish on the good news. In the traditional shit sandwich format Yes With the bad news in the middle mm-hmm. So should we start off with some good news? I think so Okay so good news for Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder
1: Oh okay Or
0: I should probably say congratulations to Kiana Reeves and Winona Ryder oh. Because they might be married
1: <laughs> Oh okay
0: Maybe Maybe They might have got married in 1992
1: well, didn't we all? <laughs> didn't we all? They were heading times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you you would have been one years old at this point?
1: Yeah, one years old. Just <laughs> rolling around with my clammy hands. <laughs> trying to hold hands with people.
0: And getting married by accident. Yeah. Uh, so to take us back, this is the is 1992. Mm-hmm. Text message has just been invented. Uh, Hang on, what's that? And, and, and Boys to Men have broken box office charts worldwide.
1: I like, I like the scene you're setting here.
0: Um, in did... the background, there'll be some Boys to Men playing if we could get the license.
1: Um, no. Uh,
0: the, the the image fades to me and Rosie sitting here, but we're wearing backwards caps.
1: Yeah, and just like arms folded across our bodies, <laughs> just swaying.
0: Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder were filming Bram Stoker's Dracula with Francis Ford Coppola.
1: Capola. Capola. Uh,
0: Capola. Is it copola co- copola copola Francis Ford Capola. <laughs> uh, however you prefer to say Capola, it's an, uh, entirely up to interpretation. <laughs>
1: it just makes it sound like it's like a fairground ride. Come on,
0: try the Capola. Come <laughs> on, on, the Francis Ford Capola. <laughs> you just get shaken a bit. Yeah. It's it's a, <laughs> a, you're, at, you're at a weird angle. It's a bit unsettling.
1: Yeah. He'll shake you up He'll pull you down He'll make <laughs> you think about life
0: So in the in this film There's a scene where Jonathan Harker mm-hmm. Played by Reeves mm-hmm. uh, Marries Nina Murray Played by Ryder Okay uh, And Francis Ford Cop- Coppola? Coppola
1: Coppola Coppola Francis
0: Ford Coppola <laughs> Decided that the scene Was too stylistic And didn't look authentic mm. So he had the whole Wedding sequence Reshot In a Traditional Greek Orthodox style oh. With an actual Greek Orthodox priest oh. And in an interview with Net Entertainment Weekly, um Wider. are Wider. I'm having real trouble with those names today.
1: Wiliano
0: Queeve. Winona Wider told the interviewer that they might have got married because they used a traditional, they did the whole ceremony with additional priests Oh, wow. And Keanu Reeves was completely clueless, completely unaware.
1: I mean, that doesn't surprise me with Keanu Reeves. I have such an affection for him because I feel like he's just sort of bobbed about and just sort of fallen into various different franchises. Yeah, and just sort of like just still kind of just seeing. He went to the
0: shops and ended up in the Matrix.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, I oh, don't know, I just did this thing, cool. All right, <laughs> and he just sort of bobs about, and he just seems like quite a nice man He never ages. Like he is a flawless man. I'm now realizing how much I love him. <laughs> name. just like he's just such a flawless man. Well,
0: he's sorry, but he might be taken. Uh, question mark
1: <laughs> to the Greek Orthodox Church, and maybe <laughs> we're known around because you you recently watched that particular Dracula. I did.
0: Do you? But you. Um, so uh, I'm a big horror movie fan. Yes. You not so much. No. But we've managed to <laughs> since we've been living together. We've fallen into a pattern where I will watch a horror movie up until the gruesome climax. Then you will just walk in, <laughs> sit down, and be like, "What's this?"
1: Yeah, I just seem to like get caught in like the most horrific epicenter yeah. of it. It and happened
0: then- with *Poltergeist* one and two. Oh,
1: crap. Yeah, like, I was, because, especially with one, I kind of, like, came in and you were like, oh, it's actually not been that scary. I don't know why people keep going on about yeah. it. And then... And this, it was sh- just,
0: this was immediately before the clown scene.
1: Oh, fuck. And then, like, just shit hit the fan. And I was like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> like, what is this horrific hellhole? And then I was trying to sort out my um, stationery, because <laughs> I get pretty well at the weekends. <laughs> and... Um, party,
0: party, party. Yeah,
1: and then paul port- goes to... Was just, again, horrible with the weird... Yeah, you sort of
0: came in during the scene with the braces that turned into a big wire monster thing. Yeah,
1: which is horrible. I mean, like, I think the thing that really upset me was the weird bloop man.
0: Oh, the sort of gooey man that sort of blopped out. Yeah, just
1: kind of, like, blops out and he's kind of covered in goo. I'm just not very good with, like... With goo? Goo and mucus and (laughs) kind of, like, weird nubbin men. (laughs) I'm just like why no, like just can't.
0: Well, I seem to remember you joined me to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. At the moment where Nina's mate Lucy was uh, being assaulted by Dracula in ape man form. Um, do you remember yes. that in the garden? He just Dracula turns into a big ape and then. Yeah, and then, yeah. then he just sort
1: of swipe like kind of rummages around. And... Yeah,
0: very oh, unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, and then he turns into a big pile of rats.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a bad day like that's a bad date for Lucy like oh what happened oh I got kind of sexually assaulted by this big monkey man and then he turned into a big
0: pile of rats
1: <laughs> and you're like oh mate that is
0: never use Tinder again no
1: never use Tinder again like oh no 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 yeah I'm just I'm very much because a... I appreciate like the horror format like I really like
0: the all... art of setting up tension yeah and, and I think it's, it's good scare.
1: And I and I've been listening to like a stupid amount of my favourite murder recently, Mm -hmm. so I am deep in all sorts of different murders and serial killers and yeah, so I'm just kind of so I appreciate it but I am just still too scared, so I'm very much uh, I have to watch it in the daytime with people and give a constant commentary of yeah. how stupid and hacky everything is yeah every
0: every light in the house turned on yeah uh, under a big blanket
1: yeah and sort of just unpicking the whole thing so I enjoy to watch any horror film mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. I just it's like having
0: dvd commentary
1: yeah just,
0: just... oh look at look how terrible the said set decoration is yeah. it's silly isn't it oh it's so oh, silly The
1: continuity is terrible and like <laughs> why would this is just an awful I think that's the thing that I always just come down to I'm like this is just such a terrible day for every. <laughs> this is such an awful time. you can break
0: down most horror films just like <laughs> Someone has a very bad day.
1: Yeah, like the the killer in um, Chainsaw Massacre. He's, he was having a lovely time before. And all oh, teenagers well, you're flipping come...
0: it and saying that the is the having a bad day, not yeah. the teens. Well, I mean, all... The teens are also having a, I mean, ha- having a bad day. Everyone's having a bad day.
1: Everyone's having a terrible day, but I feel like the guy, he was just happy living in his skin.
0: Living in his house full of bones.
1: Yeah, having a, he was setting up for a nice dinner party, and then he gets Ooh, <laughs> these no, bunch of nice. annoying...
0: Not a nice dinner party at all.
1: No. Oh dear. So
0: it's good news for Keanu Reeves and Riona Ryder. But in tu- in um in true Scuttlebutt tradition, yeah. that could easily be bad news as well. Like imagine finding out that you accidentally married your colleague for 15 years.
1: Yeah, because you would also have been still... Because I feel like Riona Ryder was like...
0: Accidental bigotry.
1: Well yeah, kind of. And she was really young, I think. Like when she kind of hit her peak. So I guess like starting from... I don't even know what the festival she was in. Maybe like Beetlejuice or something? I feel like she was like she got into it kind of only being like 16 or something. So I think yeah. she was a young lady. Yeah. So she might have been married off when she was only like 20 or something. That's kind of weird. It is pretty weird. Yeah. But then, but then at, the, at the same time, do, I mean, I feel like Renona Ryder and Keanu Reeves would be a wonderful fit.
0: Well, they are um, th- this. I think this it might all be bollocks because there's no the scene itself has no dialogue, so there's no evidence <laughs> that they actually did the vows. Yeah. Uh, and if they did, they would have been using their character names rather than their real names. Yeah. Um, and conveniently enough, um, they are in a film coming out soon called Destination Wedding,
1: ah. which I've
0: been reading as Destination colon Wedding, <laughs> like Destination Mars.
1: <laughs> destination Wedding. wedding. You will be overwhelmed and bored
0: (laughs) it's gonna go on for too long
1: (laughs) you will get tired and wonder why um no i do i do love well i'm i'm very conflicted about weddings as you know Mm -hmm. we now work on a system like every time i talk about weddings you get to tell me a pokemon fact
0: (laughs) so we can bore each other to an equal
1: amount i know because i keep going around in the same um routine of not that I want to get married, but if we were to get married, what would we do? And then you're like, <laughs> Did you know that snorkel? Snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything That's- about. Poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think any of them are named after breathing apparatus. <laughs>
1: New Pokemon. It is. is it's a water type. Yeah, yeah. It's a water type. It's you know. The, it's when
0: they got they started getting really lazy with names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, snorkel fish.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a water snake, but it's just really lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's. I mean, that's if you if you are in a, a couple and one is more interested in maybe work that system out. <sighs> maybe we pass that on to other people.
0: <laughs> I think we're gonna break up some relationships by passing that on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you'll just bore each other about each other's We respective. are not responsible for
0: <laughs> breaking up any marriages or relationships with Pokemon bags.
1: Yeah. Okay, so what well, good news for Renona Ryder and Keanu Reeves? So, mm-hmm. it's bad news for the people of the south coast okay. of England. Okay. So, an evil paraglider has.
0: Ordeal <laughs> <laughs> board. <laughs> yeah.
1: An evil paraglider has been um, basically shouting abuse at people on the seafront and flying really low. And um... (laughs) I
0: mean, (laughs) he's been on the the scale of evil.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But like all the articles that I've looked at, they've to call him like evil nuisance paraglider, (laughs) evil paraglider. (laughs) And um, yeah, so he's just been. Did he have
0: a a twirly mustache, the top (laughs) hat?
1: Well, they don't know. This is the thing. The like, they still don't know for sure who this paraglider is um and uh, yeah so he's just been like flying super low down to like the top like the side of the coast which is illegal and um, oh. you're not allowed to do it um, he doesn't
0: he doesn't care about the rules because he's evil
1: <laughs> he's evil he doesn't care and apparently yes yeah, so he apparently flies down really really low and freaks out people and then yells abuse at them and then flies <laughs> away <laughs> 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 which if <laughs> which i just it's
0: think, just the most low-grade super villain i know. Just (laughs) surprising people. Yeah,
1: and just giving... Insulting
0: them and then flying away. (laughs)
1: Just giving them a nasty shock and just, like, (laughs) flying down really low and being like, your hair's shit, ma! And then, like, flying away and cackling.
0: I think Batman wouldn't even waste his time trying to catch (laughs) them. I
1: know, just, like, mildly... It's not worth
0: the Batarangs. Yeah,
1: just mildly irritating the people of Sussex. Um, And in particularly Bexhill. Okay. Um, So, uh, Richard Porter, the Bexhill local, (laughs) said... He is evil and his (laughs) and his language is obscene
0: was this interview conducted in his uh, in his uh, mysterious old tavern
1: yeah his language is obscene and we have we have fallen foul of him on more on more than one occasion oh my god I really wish it ended with he must be stopped he
0: must be stopped at all costs
1: unfortunately that's where the quote ends yeah so he's been for the last two years this has been two years yeah he's just been like really
0: (laughs) no one knows the identity of the North. Naughty paraglider. of
1: the naughty paraglider although there is one um suspect uh and uh, he is called Paul satchel otherwise okay. known as the bexhill birdman
0: <laughs> okay, is, there any, is there any grounds for this wild accusation at the at Paul what was his name
1: Paul satchel well he he does paraglide along that coast yeah and and basically he kind of has been doing all these like crazy tricks off the side of like that Southern coast. And he's mm-hmm. been like paragliding across the world. So he's like someone who's very good at that particular, like extreme sports. And he has kind of been, so he's basically been kind of called into question because he's like someone who like operates in that part of part of town. Um, and he says that it's, um, he feels like it might be a smear campaign against him, oh wow, so that people are like, "No, it's him, we've got to gotta stop him." because he claims that like with his paragliding skills he's brought loads of people to the area to watch him paraglide and things okay. and kind of do kind of these amazing stunts. And so he has thinks it's like a conspiracy <laughs> that it's like all these all these locals are like, no, this is a like you know, this is a kind of genteel kind of southern coast, like you walk along the promenade and get ice creams and it's gentle and he's like paragliding? And like well, now it's getting into
0: a proper supervillain territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's this this guy has been uh, uh, deliberately trying to defame the Birdman by uh... yeah <laughs> the,
1: yeah just kind of going like um, so so yeah it's it's not been confirmed that it is him so he went into so he did get called into so he
0: he denies it he's claiming that this that someone's he's being set up
1: yeah exactly uh, or that it, they there isn't a Birdman and they're just trying to stop him from paragliding. So okay. it's all kind of a lot of like weird intrigue and like oh. what's going on. But they still they genuinely still don't quite know the Make
0: a good psychological thriller. Yeah. Is there a Birdman?
1: <laughs> Who is the real Birdman? Was
0: that did you really hear an insult or was it just the wind?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um and um but I mean, I feel like Paul Satchel isn't maybe defending himself in the best way.
0: <laughs> did he shout abuse at the reporter? <laughs> and, and then fly away.
1: No, so. He said. So he said in, in a report to the Telegraph. He said, "I called the police yesterday and went down to the. I went down to say that this defamation of character. It is not okay." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, that's that's fair." I think his next, um, his next comment really incriminates him okay. to maybe being. The, the nuisance
0: paraglider. <laughs> the evil paraglider. The glider. evil
1: paraglider. Or, as I like to call him, the seagull. The seagull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why no to...
0: <laughs> that, that, one... So that's the Birdman's arch nemesis uh, yes, the this, seagull. The
1: Bexhill Birdman versus the, the seagull. seagull.
0: Um, <laughs> I really want this to be a film.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he added to that, he said, if someone pisses me off, I'm going to get aggressive.
0: Oh, God. So,
1: you know, you're like, Paul, now if you want to kind of get people on the side and to make you know to you know make people think that this is like a defamation of character i wouldn't go with the <laughs> comment of if people piss me off i'm going to get aggressive also how can people piss you off if you're floating through the air in like a dainty paraglide fashion like how can people annoy you that's what i don't understand like <laughs> so i i mean i feel like paul is suspect number
0: 1 mm, i do i've got a new theory yeah Uh, the seagull Mm -hmm. is Paul's alter ego but he's not aware of it so he blacks out for hours at a time and then when he wakes up there's been a new seagull sighting
1: (laughs) and he's just like who is it I don't know I like that theory Mm. but as I said I feel like Paul's attitude (laughs) is not helping him and again very suspect yeah again again I just think if you're if you're floating, about I mean that's not that's not how paragliding works. Is it? If you glide, yeah. If you're gliding, literally gliding through the air, like how aggy can you get?
0: Well, sounds like you can get very aggy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this if you something. just, I mean, if you're if you're infuriated <laughs> by the mere mortals walking along the beach, like the seagull is. Yeah. He's got no time for these people.
1: No, he hasn't. Oh, and um, so Paul was also talking to LBC Radio, mm-hmm. and he, so he said. Um, they will never stop me because I've done nothing wrong. Mm. Again, Paul, come on. Like, if no. you're going to be an evil paraglider... The Birdman
0: doth protest too much. Exactly. Methinks. Uh,
1: and he also said, I'm a free flying spirit, and I live to fly, and I fly to live. <laughs> oh, God. And I also like to call people cunts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and <then> fly
1: away. <laughs> I fly away. I mean, there is a naughty joy in... Imagine being able to like swoop down real close to the, to the back of someone's head and be like, "You're a belend," and then fly away. fly away. I mean,
0: it's very tempting. I, I mean, can see why you'd want to go down that route.
1: Exactly. Maybe this is maybe this is proof why the gods, the root of evil. Yeah, why gods never gave some of us wings. <laughs> it's too much power. <laughs> too much power just to heckle people from the sky. <laughs> Although I can't. I I have to say I think I would be very tempted maybe to do the same
0: if you were a skilled paraglider yeah you'd use your uh, talents for evil
1: maybe I mean what good what good can you do as a paraglider
0: uh, drop snacks down on people
1: I mean that's good but then I feel
0: shout to swoop up to people and shout encouragement <laughs> doing a real good job on this hiking trail <laughs> and just a swoop away
1: well maybe Paul's just been misunderstood. Maybe he is shouting like really nice things, but people, the people of Bexhill Hill, are quite paranoid and like, oh no. I here. mean, maybe
0: you just don't get. You just people just don't get over that initial shock of having <laughs> someone swoop up and surprise them. Yeah, it so, doesn't matter what they say.
1: Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's like yelling like, oh, you're a fucking good laugh, and they're just hearing you're a fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, flying man just called me a fuck <laughs>
1: okay, this is awful um yeah the, the, i mean i really recommend um
0: should we go down to Bexhill and see if we can find <laughs> try and catch like,
1: him like try
0: we'll and- <laughs> be like this generation's version of like um cryptozoology we'll try <laughs> and get a sighting of the rare of the, of the, <laughs> the flying bastard
1: yeah <laughs> i'm just seeing what's going on i mean maybe we should wear the most obnoxious like hipster outfits and then like, oh, just, be,
0: just be as insultable as possible yeah
1: and like i'll, I'll put my leopard print coat on you are a big hat we'll mm-hmm. just go down and then like <laughs> just be like hey but um i really recommend looking at these articles because the, some of the like um little kind of quotes from the town it's just brilliant there's just so many of like me and my wife used to go to next hill all the time but now we'll never go again
0: <laughs> and you'll put you off your Sunday stroll is the, the threat that at any time you might be, you might be startled oh,
1: yeah you might be startled and called a, a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> which I think is wonderful I feel like maybe this is what the south coast needs just a like a bit more
0: excitement a bit eat, of danger a little
1: bit of danger a little bit of something so um, I'm going to end this bit of bad news with um, this is what uh the rather district councillor Ian um, Holridge Holidge, Holidge? Holidge? told. I can't help you. <laughs> I know, I've also written it in a really helpful way. Holridge. Holridge uh, told The Independent We've got enough seagulls around here without humans doing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> So the evil paraglider is still at large, and there is no confirmation whether it is or isn't. It's
0: like this Paul. is really like the, our version of Spring Hill Jack.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but just a bit, bit tamer.
1: Yeah, just a bit tamer. Just I, I just love the fact that the mo- it's just him yelling insults, nothing more. Just just swooping down and just, so like, evil. just slightly scaring people. <laughs> evil paraglider.
0: That's yeah. fantastic.
1: So, bad news for Bex Hill.
0: I'm very happy that is a thing. <laughs> it's bad news for New York hot dog vendors. Oh, okay. So, a few weeks ago, mm. uh, a section of uh, the street corner of 42nd Street and 7th Avenue, okay. which is a few blocks south of Times Square, mm-hmm. that was cordoned off by police because a hot dog stand was attacked by 20,000 bees. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: I thought that was
0: going. (laughs) Yeah, hot dog stands just absolutely covered in bees that came out of nowhere, started flying around. And the police had to close the roads.
1: Oh, wow, covered in bees. Covered in bees. Do they know,
0: like, why? So to try and get to the bottom of this mystery, (laughs) this bee mystery, they uh, called in Andrew Cote, the founder of the New York City Beekeepers Association. Beautiful. Who was on the scene. Yeah. uh, And they asked him where he thinks these bees came from. (laughs) And he said... I think they just wanted a hot dog. There's <laughs> not enough information. Oh, Andrew. Well, they are there is, there is a, a number of urban hives on that block, in okay. that area. Okay. Uh, and Andrew Cote thinks that they may have been poorly run or um, poorly kept, which could have led to a mass bee <laughs> escape. It was very hot and humid at the time. Yeah. So um, what could have happened is the bees absconded their hive mm. uh, and went off to form a new colony somewhere cooler. And then oh. just got distracted by the hot dog vendor.
1: <laughs> Haven't we all been distracted by hot dogs? <laughs> Bloody love a hot dog, me.
0: So the um, uh, they, yeah, they called in a police officer who uh, wore a full beekeeper suit <laughs> to vacuum up the bees. Oh God! It took about forty-five minutes. The bees were fine. Forty-five
1: minutes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it took 45 hours, 45 minutes. That's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The bees are being relocated, to, but unfortunately they will not produce any honey this year. Oh, uh, because
1: they just fill themselves with delicious...
0: With just ketchup.
1: Just ketchup and delicious onions and sauerkraut and <laughs> lovely buns. Oh, I love it. I have to say, that is my re- one regret, that when we went to New York, I didn't have more hot dogs. A hot dog every day. Yeah, because like, we... We got one before we went on the Staten Island Ferry. and Because I did try and get you one, because you're veggie. Mm-hmm. And I do I kind of went up and I was like, I think I was rapidly hungry. So I was just like, I just want a hot dog. I want this. Do you also do veggie dog? And he couldn't quite understand me. So I think I just came back and was like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> and then just shoved it in my face.
0: <laughs> I'm sure if, you, if, the, if he did manage to translate your accent, and, yeah. <laughs> um, if you'd have asked him for a veggie dog, he probably would have just said, no. No,
1: <laughs> no! this is the most terrible meats <laughs> in uh, this... Uh, you can have a
0: bun. Yeah. a <laughs> bun with some mustard on it. Do
1: you want a bun with some onions? I mean, that's basically what Five Guys does, really.
0: Oh, for <laughs> veggies. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's basically like... Cheesy mushrooms and a bap. I feel like, basically, they're just saying, there is no place for you here. Here is a cheese sandwich. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> oh, man. So, I've recently discovered the joy of inside the factory which is a show on on bbc one and it's a show that's presented by greg wallace and cherry healy and it is just the most like proper kind of like bbc kind of educational but like trying to keep it fun show Mm -hmm. and uh, greg
0: wallace being overreacting I would say to <laughs> to, to people in um, hairnets
1: yeah he is amazed by everything and it is so infectious like he'll just be like <laughs> wow have you ever seen so much yogurt in all your life <laughs> yogurt and it's just amazing um, yeah so there's one in sausages that's really great and it's just a lot it's just... there's a lot of
0: people like there's a lot of sort of um, Benny Hill style transition so- shots of uh, people running around with sausages on forks, yeah, chasing people through the factory.
1: <laughs> just being like, look at this sausage! <laughs> um, and just having people repeatedly say the word sausage is just... A joy and a delight.
0: <laughs> yeah, the word sausages only gets more funnier the more, you, <laughs> the more you say it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, but also at the same time, what I learned from that program is there is genuinely so much you can learn about sausages and it's a stretch to make an hour show
0: about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, they had to do, there, was a, there was a cutaway segment about Scotch eggs. Yes. They're like, kind of like
1: sausages, not they? like sausages, but, you know, they've got breadcrumbs and stuff in them. Got and an egg in the middle. Yeah, and you know what the secret to a Scotch egg is, Joe? Meat tubes how <laughs> so they the get the eggs the in the secret middle. Ever, secret ever. <laughs> All the <laughs> mysteries of life. Yeah, exactly. They plop the egg in between the, the meat the meat tube. And if you don't know so what... So appetising. Yeah, if you don't know what a Scotch egg is, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Um, it's a sausage treat with a big egg in the middle, which is definitely something that was invented by, like post one of the wars do you know what i mean like <laughs> oh fuck we've seen some terrible things let's just put some egg and some sausage meat and have a great time
0: <laughs> the rationing is over <laughs> cover everything, make everything orange and make, yeah. cover it in butter
1: yeah deep fry it egg in it meat there we go <laughs> we live in a map like land of bounty now let's eat everything and fry it so <laughs> And now our generation are very wheezy, scaly people (laughs) who are intolerant to everything. And then yet we're still shouted at because we don't want to drink lots of dairy.
0: (laughs) Well, millennials are killing the Scotch egg, probably.
1: Yeah, but I bet you could make a lovely little veggie, a lovely little veggie Scotch egg. Oh, I've
0: had a nice artisanal (laughs) chickpea Scotch egg from a market.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a falafel, surely.
0: Oh, if you put an egg in the middle. No,
1: but I mean that's. I mean you're marketing out the vegans there. What Mm. is a vegan egg? What could you make? What is a
0: vegan egg? What could you make? Nothing. (laughs) Just, uh, just a a round hole in existence. (laughs) What?
1: where where you contemplate, like the damage you're doing to the earth.
0: Do you mean like what is what do vegans use instead of eggs for binding, or just what is the vegan equivalent of an egg?
1: I guess what's a
0: rolled up sock.
1: um or just more chickpea i just feel like i feel like any vegan recipe because, like,
0: <laughs> a vegan scotch egg is just a bit just a chickpea you
1: just one chickpea
0: <laughs> covered in breadcrumbs yeah
1: just like oh I bet that's delicious though a crispy little chickpea covered in breadcrumbs <laughs> lovely so it's but... bad news
0: for hot dogs uh... so <laughs> Um, yeah, I do. I do recommend watching the video of the police dealing with the, vacuuming up all the bees. Because <laughs> there's there's one policeman on top of a ladder with his vacuum and his beekeeper's hat. Yeah. And then another police a policewoman just filming it on her phone. Oh, <laughs> just, just very charming.
1: Just being like, oh, this is a delightful day at work, or like a ridiculous problem to have. Uh,
0: but like me, don't go into this video expecting to see uh, the bees in the shape of a hand pick up the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the hot dogs for that.
1: <laughs> or just at least one hot dog and then just like hum, <laughs> yeah hum, just,
0: t- bites get taken out yeah. a bit of a and then they fly away
1: oh I just never really would imagine that bees would have gone for meat
0: they probably went I think because they were the theory is they were relocating because it was too hot and humid mm. they were probably looking for just somewhere cool and yeah I imagine the hot dog vending van already oh has that's true that's a, probably got a, a cool nice league. box with cool drinks
1: yeah what about the what about the guy who had the, the the hot dog truck? Was was he just? Did he just run away?
0: I couldn't find any comment from them. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's never been seen since.
1: He is now Bee Man. <laughs> <gasps> Maybe he's Bee Man. That would make such a good comic. That would be such a good origin story. Well, You're... he was
0: picked up by the bees and then became one with the bees. Yeah, he lived with the bees.
1: He became Bee Man and like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be such a good like um, Marvel's like origin story of like. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. <laughs>
0: His really heart just... decides get attacked by bees. Yeah, and you're, like... <laughs> uh, scene missing. <laughs> bee man.
1: Yeah, and then he got stung by loads of bees, so he kind of turned all really big and weird and bulbous, and then like through that, like slowly, kind of like <laughs> acquired bee-like powers. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then well, like a big stinger and out of his butt.
1: Yeah, a big stinger out of his butt. But... He can only
0: sting once and then it rips out his intestines and he like, <laughs> dies. Yeah.
1: But he just like now roams around Central Park, like sniffing at nice flowers.
0: Well that would be a good postmodern superhero. The superhero who <laughs> if he used his powers he would just die, so he can he has to save them for the <laughs>
1: Yeah, for the right occasion. For the, for the
0: meanest baddie.
1: Oh, but that would be I like I'm into it. I think <laughs> I think it'd be a wonderful story because I feel like um I think quite a few people who run hot dog bands in America are immigrants, surely. So you could Hmm. make a really great story about that. I think I commissioned commissioned Joe. (laughs) Okay. B man. (laughs) Okay. So it's good news for Judy Garland fans. Okay. The stolen uh, Wizard of Oz red slippers uh, were recovered after 13 years of being missing.
0: Oh, I didn't know they'd be stolen. So the the props used in the film.
1: Yeah. So the, the the ruby red slippers that she wears. Um, there was a pair so like several pairs had been made yeah um, 13 years ago they were in an exhibition at the museum in Minnesota that's all about Judy Garland mm-hmm. they had a Wizard of Oz uh, season like festival yeah in which they displayed these pair of ruby red slippers okay and they were stolen <sighs> So much, okay, and
0: that would make another brilliant film. I know, right? So many parts of this podcast can be taken <laughs> out and commissioned as indie short films. Yeah, pictures. consider
1: this our pitches for <laughs> many different films. Let us workshop it and pay us many mullers.
0: <laughs> yes, this would be a good heist caper.
1: Yeah, it's really good. And there's a um, there's also a documentary about these missing slippers. So they've only recently been rediscovered but like
0: did somebody uh take them out of the display cabinet put them on and then tap them together and say there's no place like home
1: (laughs) um we don't know um, (laughs) we don't know that's that's the main intrigue so so the slippers belong to michael shaw Mm -hmm. and he bought them from a, a costume hollywood costumes designer who kind of back in the um kind of early 60s or so went into like the MGM backlot and basically found a shelf that was filled with like seven Ooh. pairs of these ruby red slippers okay um I'm and stuck <laughs> yeah basically because this was kind of in this time when i think hollywood kind of had had its golden age and kind of declined a little bit and like they hadn't saved any props really okay. from any of those like big classic films and that's why there's so much money in like that particular era like 1930s 1940s era of hollywood memorabilia from that time like now sales for like hundreds of thousands of millions was because they just weren't kept in the same way that like um scenery and clothing and things like that are stored now so oh, like, yeah,
0: because it's such a young industry at the time they had no idea how important these archive pieces would be what? so there was no system in place for keeping them safe and but,
1: but yeah exactly because like if you think about it now like in terms of like Cinderella, let's say, like that came out quite like a few years ago, mm. there's already been exhibitions showing those pieces of like costume and like bits of scenery because they're like, oh, we know people will come and see this and they will just increase in value, and yeah, all those kind of things. So uh, yeah, this um, costume designer basically scooped them all up and um, he auctioned off one pair mm-hmm. to um, it was quite like an infamous MGM auction in 1970 and i think just got like a few grand for it and then he kind of kept the rest and then he kind of just like slowly sort of started like selling them off over the years okay now like a pair of those ruby red slippers would easily go for a few million wow like they're just like ridiculous like they're just yeah yeah. and because over the years including like this particular case like loads of kind of slightly mysterious things sort of seem to happen around these shoes like they keep going missing and mm-hmm. they keep being stolen and so there's kind of like almost its own kind of like mythology around these like ruby red slippers and um debbie reynolds she owned a pair that weren't used in the film but used in screen tests and they were kind of made almost to look like kind of like arabian sort of like curly slippers okay so they actually were like ruby red slippers rather yeah. than like they're kind of heels. in reality they're just like little heels Um and she bought them for like 500 bucks mm. from this costume designer back in the day and then she sold them I think, in the 90s for about $600,000. Wow. So, Incredible. Yeah, and there was also a competition winner who... Um,
0: That's how you make the big books. You sneak onto Hollywood sets and just take all the shoes. Yeah,
1: just steal shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then just sell them off in like big memorabilia, like auctions and things. Yes, this one lady, she won a pair of ruby red slippers. I think... And that wasn't from the costume designer who sold them. I think she won them like after the film, like in conjunction with the film. Okay, she won a pair of like ruby red slippers, and then she, I think she sold them for a huge amount of money. And there's also a pair in the in the Smithsonian Museum as well. Um, and there's also a pair which is owned by um Leonardo DiCaprio and another group of um US like Hollywood actors. Right. Because they want to put it in a museum that I think is open quite soon and it's sort of it's for like um oh it's called the hollywood museum of science and arts and things so it's got lots of like film memorabilia in oh is, is
0: that in conjunction with the oscars or the the company that... yes yeah i
1: think it's the same same group that of group, pe- yeah. group of people so going back to this, this yes case, this
0: particular set of this up.
1: case oh it's so interesting so yeah there is actually a documentary about this particular case as well oh so it's already
0: been made the film yeah it's already oh, um, so um I'm and, going there first.
1: but i think this could be made into like a real, I I, th- I, a feel like, I feel like the Cohen brothers could maybe do some oh, really yeah. fun stuff with this because they've done good stuff in
0: like that classic Hollywood style.
1: Yeah, because the FBI got involved in this case. Really? Like, that's how big it got because these shoes are worth so much and they're kind of so iconic and a part of like Hollywood kind of legacy and mm. and history and things like that. They've kind of just, as I said, like, just. Seem to be super important, but at the same time, you're like, they're just shoes. But, <laughs> like, they seem to just kind of, like, have generated this kind of, like, weird kind of mystery around them. Mm. Um, So, when the Ruby Bread Slippers were stolen from the exhibition... Yes, 13 um, years ago. 13 years ago. What they found, all they could work out, was that the person who stole them, broken through the back door... Okay. Just smashed into the display case, mm. took them, and then just left... And, there was, and for some reason, it didn't trigger the alarm system, so okay. like the police couldn't get there in time, and there was no CCTV footage of it, even though it was all hooked up.
0: Oh, so mysterious. Yeah. It's an and, inside job. Yeah. Or was it the seagull?
1: Or oh, was it the seagull? He swooped in. <laughs> swooped in. <laughs> swooped out, and then called everyone bastards, and then swooped away. And <laughs> swooped
0: back to the south coast of England.
1: Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> swooped in. Oh, my favorite detail about this, like the, the the actual crime, is that the only piece of evidence they had was one red sequence. <gasps> <gasps> oh. <laughs>
0: campus, oh, so tantalizing! <laughs> oh,
1: it's the campus mystery ever. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> and so that's there was no fingerprints, and there was loads and loads of different theories. They even like, so three years ago in um, so ten years after the. Um, after the slippers had been stolen, they mm-hmm. even went and looked at a like lo- a, lo- a local lake, and they tried to dredge it. And th- because there was theories that someone might have just like thrown the slippers into the lake. Because... What's why? Well, because because they are so fabulous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're too fabulous. They're too fabulous as well. Into yeah. the lake.
1: <laughs> into the lake you oh, go. Poof. Um, well, g- kind of in a way because they're so expensive and they are so particular it would have been incredibly difficult to try and like sell them within the black market because it's it's not just like a big pile of drugs or like something quite normal within the black market world if someone was trying to sell like these ruby red slippers within the black market that would have gotten around really really quickly and i'm sure like the fbi or the police would have heard something okay within their like own like internal intelligence within Mm. the black market so That's what was so strange about this whole mystery is because, like, no one had heard anything about these ruby red slippers being sold at the black market. And they were like, we don't know what's going on.
0: Oh, so mysterious. I
1: know. And (laughs) so the interesting thing, and some people think it might have been an inside job because... Okay,
0: because of the security not working. Yeah, the
1: security not working. And also because of the increasing value of, like, how much these red slippers kind of had gained like relatively quite quickly. So it was kind of more towards like the eighties and the nineties where it seemed like a lot of like Hollywood memorabilia. That's when things started to cost like the big bucks. Mm-hmm. And like this, there was an actual market for people to buy, I guess celebrity uh, like associated things within like iconic films. And um, the interesting thing is, is that Michael Shaw who owns these, the shoes that went missing, he, Specifically said he didn't want the shoes to be taken out of the display case mm. every night and put in a vault, which is what the museum suggested right. to do. He it was, was like, very suspicious. Well, he was like, I don't want to do that because I don't want someone, I don't want them to be touched every day because I don't want that to degrade the quality of the slipper. Mm. But it is kind of weird because yeah, they want wanted
0: these very precious objects being put into a vault, into a safe.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because also, you think that there are like. There are ways that you could just wear a pair of gloves and, like, gently... yeah, yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? There would be. These ways... are people
0: who are used to, like, handling precious objects as, like, every day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, and, um, and it's quite a famous, like, museum within Minnesota. It's all it's dedicated pretty much entirely to Judy Garland. And, but Michael Shaw said he felt confident in the museum's security that it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But no, don't trust him. Well, exactly. And then, um, so the insurance payout for the slippers um was one million dollars wow and there was a big legal case in the insurance company for michael shaw who owned the shoes because they were like well because of the failure of the security and things like that they were like we don't know whether to give you this money because you know voided some of like the insurance right. clauses but he still ended up going away with it with eight hundred thousand dollars okay so he still got the payout yeah and like But then, you know, there could be an argument to say that why would he do that? Because when he let out those ruby red slippers, he could do it for, like, thousands of pounds a pop. So he could have just kept generating that revenue. So...
0: Why would he set up a a risky move to get $800,000 in insurance money? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, why would you... Like, yeah, exactly. Why maybe take that risk when, you know, you could do that? And the museum have obviously, like, vehemently been like, We definitely didn't do it. Why would we do that? Like, we feel so horrible about this. (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. Um, And so, basically, the reason why they kind of managed to find a lead and find actually find the slippers is that someone kind of approached the police and was like, "I know where the slippers are. I know where they are. Like, come with me, I'll I'll tell you." And then ultimately, the person who said that was it a Tin Man. um it was actually a lie. he finally got his courage <laughs> <laughs> he
0: finally got, built up the courage to go to the police yeah and turn himself in
1: but what it kind of transpired was that this man was trying to like extort money from the police and things like that what? but because he was like i know where the money is and all this kind of money is i know where the slippers are yeah and then tried to be like you pay me this much money and i can show you where they are uh. and but because this guy was an idiot essentially it seems um kind of because he was a dodgy character, We I couldn't find anything about this particular man. This, story. this like, mysterious yeah, man. Because I think essentially this whole investigation got turned over to the F- FBI. There's loads of stuff I haven't been able to find out about, like the actual circumstances in which they found the slippers.
0: Okay. Which
1: is super shady. And I'm like, what happened? So
0: the story I was noticed is they turned up and yeah. it was fine. It
1: basically. And and all I could find was that, that someone came forward and said that they knew something about the shoes. They turned out to be a bit of a shady character. And then by kind of investigating that matter, they did actually eventually manage to track down the shoes. And as far as I'm aware, it didn't have anything to do with the museum or more than the um, Michael Shaw, who actually owned the shoes. So yeah.
0: So we don't actually know how the police came managed to actually find the shoes. No, it's just that they showed up.
1: It just basically they just pitched up after 13 years, and they still there's still very little known about what happened to them in that 13 year period.
0: Oh God! I know
1: it's just so like it's so interesting. I mean, like I've written so many like pages about this yeah you're
0: trying trying to get the bottom of this mystery was scrolling down
1: and just been like oh my god this is clues yeah there's just so much to say and like oh this is an adorable detail um some towns near the museum um when the slippers went missing after a few years started baking like cakes and icing the reward money for like saying a million pounds for the ruby red slippers in kind of like aid to sort of spread the message that like a, a reward of a million pounds would have been given if someone could like wow. give the shoes, which just makes again. <laughs> yeah. this... I think
0: the police should ice all uh, <laughs> <laughs> reward notices on cakes. Yeah, exactly. Make, make, make the life of a bounty hunter a bit more whimsical.
1: Oh, definitely. And I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, like just this shady guy just walking into a Greg's, <laughs> being like, "I've got your man. <laughs> <laughs> now I want two cheese and onion pasties. <laughs> tick <Take> away." <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try and maybe keep,
0: just keep, yeah, keep, keep, keep an keep, eye on keep this story. story
1: and just like see if there's any, any yes, more, I want to know more, any more int- like things, but it's just so interesting because it's like,
0: you would know, we can turn this into like a serial a six parter. Yeah. <laughs> what really happened to those slippers?
1: Yeah. I mean, as you, oh no, no, there's so many like potential, like horrible wizard projects of just like, maybe they did. Just click their heels and find their way <laughs> home. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just so interesting. It's just so interesting the fact that the the alarm didn't go off. There was no CCTV, and the fact there was no fingerprints either. So it was just like almost like the perfect crime. Mm. And it's just yeah, it's just so oh, ah. It's so interesting.
0: <laughs> so
1: again, kind of maybe not even good news, kind of bad news because like no, it's, like...
0: it's it's definitely good news that they've shown up. Yeah, but um, it's it, like it's just so unsatisfying not knowing the full story. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like what, ha- like what happened? Because they, de- because oh, we
0: need to crack this.
1: Yeah, because as I said, like they go full didn't...
0: investigative reporting.
1: Yeah, because they did definitely didn't. They definitely just didn't seem to appear on the black market unless there's like another black market of like just fabulous Hollywood items.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 there's an extra, extra secret black market that's just for sequined props.
1: Yeah, sequined fabulous props. It's like (laughs) the queer. It's the
0: golden, it's the rainbow market.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the queer black market where it's just like Marilyn Monroe's white dress and the ruby red slippers and like <laughs> <laughs> Audrey Hepburn's black dress. Like they're just like duplicates and it's like a real market for it. So yeah, I got deep. I got deep into this joke.
0: Okay. And then we, so we're going to do a spin off podcast, a six part um, investigative yeah. reporting where we get to the bottom of what happened to these slippers.
1: Yeah. And then I'm going to put plenty of vocal fry in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just like... Um, just be like and then i just got really into it and i just didn't know what i was gonna do next and then like sad piano music and then yeah
0: i need a brain a heart <laughs> and the answer to this mystery
1: i i began to think was i actually the wizard of oz or was i just a man behind a curtain
0: <laughs> is galinda really the good witch or is she a not good witch? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! Yeah, if it kind of turns out like to somehow, if it oh, imagine if it did somehow um, relate weirdly to S Town, like on this, like it was like, oh, imagine it if it was together. buried in the maze. The maze? Oh! No,
0: oh, we're definitely spiking in the oh.
1: <laughs> Imagine if <laughs> the slippers <laughs> are buried in the maze. Oh, that's going kind to of come full cycle. Uh, but if you've not listened to S-Town or Serial or any of those podcasts, this will mean very little to you. <laughs> but like, highly recommend all of those, all of those podcasts if you if you're into your crime.
0: <laughs> if you're into your crime?
1: If you're into your crimes, your crimes and your murders and your creepy things, then they're the ones... Ah, oh, so that's, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. What a great story. Yeah. But an unfinished story. It
1: is an unfinished oh. story. I'm really glad I went for that You're one. You're more. Yeah. Do you want to know what my alternative, good news story was? Yeah, gone. <laughs> it was basically, um, Pete Doherty had a big breakfast. Now oh, I've seen have <laughs> yes, seen the
0: picture of Pete Doherty eating his big breakfast. A lot of people making fun of it.
1: Yeah, and just because, um, yeah, Pete, Pete Doherty of Libertines had a, like, Massive.
0: Is there more to the story than he had breakfast? No,
1: there isn't. <laughs> okay, I
0: can, I can see why you went for the uh, the red slipper story. Yeah,
1: I mean, it came at a really good time because I, mean, I was genuinely like going, this will be a great story. I'll look into other competitive breakfast competitions. Different,
0: different celebrities eating different breakfasts. Yeah,
1: I'll get right into it. looking at Pete Doherty's cheerful little face. It's really <laughs> nice to see that he's back on his feet and eating too much breakfast. It's <laughs> lovely. Like, it's good that he's kicked that heroin. It's lovely. But um, no, I feel like this is definitely the, definitely for <laughs> <laughs> the, more, the more interesting one. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's Skullbutt for another week then. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, very much. How can people find us, Rosie?
1: You can find us on Twitter mm-hmm. and on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and Facebook uh, or by typing in Scotterbutt Pod or Scotterbutt Podcast. Uh, we're also on iTunes. It would be really great if you could like rate and review us and give us some love because that just kind of makes us more seen by other people. It's that horrible thing of the internet where you go like. To be seen by everyone. You must already be liked by everyone. And <laughs> yeah, that
0: yeah the... <laughs> we're drowning in a sea of content. Please help. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Throw us
0: a ring. Um, yeah, but... please tell your friends if you've enjoyed the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think actually, ultimately, that's the, that's the one that we most like you to do if mm. you do anything. Just recommend us to your friends. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening.
0: Yeah, we'll join. see you next time.
1: Bye! Bye!